You're listening to Novel Bound, a podcast dedicated to making you laugh and keeping you company. Each week, we're sharing all of our favorite books and the embarrassing side of life. Welcome back to Novel Bound. I'm Anna. And I'm Celine. And today we're talking about the books we DNF did not finish. <laughs> <laughs> not DTF, DNF. <laughs> That's a different em- Emphasis on the N. <laughs> <laughs> so these are basically the books that we literally could not finish that and for, like, very specific reasons, there's obviously books where we're like, oh, I don't like the character development, ah, oh, this mm-hmm. story's going on, she's whiny, which, like, we have a couple of those, but these are the ones that, like, enraged us, that we were like, no, this had so much potential! Yeah, yep. We're very excited. Alright, yeah. I don't think we're doing a cold open, we're just gonna jump right into this. We've got a lot to talk about today. Yeah, we, just gotta, we do. We gotta get into it. The cold open will be us screaming about these books, so, you're welcome. Here you go. Yes, exactly. <laughs> okay, do you want to go first? Yeah. Wait, so- first... Can we talk about you reading um, American Royals? Royal Americans. Oh, yes, we can. I'm halfway through it right now because I, like, needed something to soothe my soul after the Black Witch series. Something just easy, sappy, happy, and it's straight up delivering. Except right now, since I'm halfway through, the climax is, like, starting to build up and happen. And so it's something, it's, like, a dynamic with her and her dad, and she has to basically, like, put her country before herself, and I'm like... I, I just, hopefully, there's a way she can make it work, the relationship that she wants, because I will sink with Beatrice and Connor. I will sink with that ship. I love it. I think they're so cute. They are so cute. They're my favorites, but my favorite character is Daphne, who's, like, basically Blair Wolf. Yeah, Blair I do Wolf. like Blair her. Wolf. She, oh, I don't want yeah. her to win. I just am like, I love you. Like, And it's so fun work. to read from her perspective, like, the yeah. mean girl, basically, because, like, you start feeling... I mean, you don't start, you just start off feeling bad for her because you're like, it's all coming from a place of like her parents have instilled this like, you need power, you need to be the top you as wanna, you can you be. You want to give these guys prep, like background of what this story is. Oh, I know. Yeah. Sorry. Yes. Okay. So American Royals is basically like, um, what if after the Revolutionary War? Let me read the little cover. When America won the Revolutionary War, yep, its people offered General George Washington a crown, and two and a half centuries later, the House of Washington still sits on the throne. So it's like if there was royals in America. And it's so fun, and the premise is that there's a couple main characters. Oh, I love it. And the main character, Beatrice, is set to be the first queen, because there was like a a new, I don't want to say law, because I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. Yeah, something's changed, and she's going to be the America's first queen, like, without having to be married in. And so it's her journey of, like, accepting that, but then she has two younger siblings, twins, and it's, like, they're kind of... Everyone basically has a love life, and I'm here for it, 100%. They're adorable. Yep. Everybody's getting some. It's great. Oh, yeah. It's honestly such a good, like, if you're at a point where you're in a book slump, and you're just like, I just need something to, like, get me to, like, love reading again, this is the one. So, that book is amazing. I, like, really would recommend it if you just want to, like, have something, I don't know, just to keep you up at night. Anna's been texting yeah. me. You're going to text me when you read the ending. You're going to be like, oh, F. Now we have to read the second one. Oh, I, really? It's like, right now, the, the second one just came out in October, and it's, like, 20 bucks right now. It's, like, not on sale. It, like, knows Ooh. how good it is. And I'm like, I know you're yeah. better than me, book, but, like, I really want to read you. So I desperately want to read this book, but I just don't see it. Like, I have to pay the full 20 Like, I can't, yeah. like, go to a used bookstore and get it, and it makes me so angry. I have a couple books like that. The, um, From Blood to Ash or that one is, I'm, like, 27th in line in the waiting list line in my library, and I'm like, oh, gosh. I'm going to have to do something oh, so I can get it sooner. I just got a book from my, um, they just told me I have an alert for my Libby. Oh. I think it was a Kingdom something Ashes. There's some ashes in it. What is the book that you just talked about? It the book that I just talked about is ooh from blood to ash. It's like blood and ashes or something. There's some. Why do these books all have like the most random like combination of like dark blood ash like crown kingdom like, crown. Yes. <laughs> okay. Let's see. I'm so sorry. This is me just being like I got an email about it and it was awesome. They got very excited. Oh, Kingdom of Flesh and Fire. Mm. Someone recommended it. 
It said, everything Poppy has ever believed in is a, is a lie, including the man she was falling in love with. Thrust amongst those... Is this the first book? It is. Never mind. Oh. I will not read this so I don't give away anything to myself. There was a betrayal <laughs> in the first book. That's all I know. <laughs> ah, oh, no. Stop Crap. reading. Put it down. <laughs> okay. Back to books we would DNF. So, um, what's the first one you got, girl? The first one I got, I put down because I'm not going to talk too much about it and... Like, people either love or hate that this book. It's The Hobbit. Which most people have at least seen the movies, I think. So. The um, Hobbit's solid. I don't know if I've met anyone that has actually, like, read The Hobbit. Tanner, so like, I, Lord of the Rings, but he's never been able to read the books. Yeah, and I wanted to be that fan. I know so many people who have read the series and they are obsessed with it. Or, like, it's, like, Harry Potter, where, like, they, everything about the world they love, they love the movies and the books, and so I was, like, I'm gonna try to give this a chance, because I know how much I love Harry Potter. Yeah. And I thought that I would start with The Hobbit, because I was, like, well, if I'm gonna start, I'm gonna start with it all. The book is literally so boring. It's also very long. There's a ton of world building. It's so long. And, I mean, kind of to be fair, I did spark note the rest of the book, because I was, like, I feel like, like, I still kind of want to read it, but it's just the, I, I think it's the way he writes... It's just so boring. It's just so matter-of-fact. It's like, and then I got up, and I ate peaches and pears for breakfast, and then we started our journey, and some of the dwarves started singing. And then as the dwarves were singing, I got an ache in my foot. But then we kept going, and it was fine. And, and it's just <gasps> stuff like that, and I'm like, oh, gosh. It just felt so droning. Sea. Have you read Old Man on the Sea? No. Old Man on the Sea it was like a... Re- I'm so sorry, Miss Clemens, if you listen to this. <laughs> Um, I, it's by Ernest Hemingway and Ernest Hemingway, I have like a really hard time with because Mm. it's a classic, but honestly, like reading it, I was like, that was it. He literally was, this is the whole plot. Man gets in a boat. He catches a fish that is huge. He fights the fish and then he loses. That's it. And then the the fish is gone. This is like an afternoon (laughs) I don't know how to, uh, like... That's a very Ernest Hemingway thing to do, though. Like... <laughs> Someone wrote, worst book ever. Just throw the effing fish back in. <laughs> and then Ernest Hemingway himself wrote this. There isn't any symbolism. The sea is the sea. The old man is an old man. The boy is a boy and the fish is the fish. Sharks are all sharks and better and no worse. All the symbolism that people say is crap. What goes beyond what you see beyond the... <laughs> when you know like he's just like wow no, guys that's so like it's just a story about a guy fishing i just had it in my head and i wrote it out on paper but people are sitting there like but man is not made for defeat he said a man can be destroyed but not defeated i mean like he is like thin i mean like he talks about it but it is the reason why i had a hard time reading it was because like it was kind of similar where it's like he just sat in this boat for several hours trying to fight this fish and there's like a mm-hmm. huge sim- Someone who has read lots of classic literature is probably sitting there and be like, do you understand the symbolism of what the fish means? Like, don't you understand <laughs> that, like, this is, like, us, and, like, we're in this boat of life, and, like, we are eventually going to lose to death. This is, like, someone, the, someone is just very <laughs> like, angry. Like, oh. But, anyways, I just, it just makes me fun. They just, like, yeah. Anyways, it sounds very similar. I just had a yeah. hard time with it. But we're hating on The Hobbit. I mean, I feel like I have, like, if you're hating on The Hobbit, I can hate on Hemingway. We're good. Exactly. And, I'm, really and <laughs> I will say this, too. Like, the end of The Hobbit was so not like the movies at all. It was so really? anthematic. Like, something happened. He shows up at the castle, like, in one sentence, kills Smog, And then, like, that's it. And then they celebrate for, like, a month afterwards. And then he goes home. Like, and this is a case, like, a very rare case where the movie... Is just way better than the book. That's so crazy. Mm-hmm. I trust you. I trust you. Yeah. Thank you. Everyone else who doesn't trust me, don't come for me. <laughs> I am, like, reading the reviews on Goodreads, and people really have so many quotes about about Hemingway. They love this book. Wow. This, the, sim- the stuff in it is just very good. They're like, they're like, you, <laughs> they're like, on first glance, <laughs> on first glance, <laughs> This is about a Cuban fisherman fighting against a giant marlin. On the second glance, it's still a very simple story. <laughs> but it's, like, very, like, <laughs> On the third glance. And, <laughs> on the third glance. And it's, like, what remains is when you take away the lack of complexity, a powerful tale about the efforts of a human being to achieve a certain goal and about how easy it is to lose what you have won. And powerful it is indeed. I was familiar with Hemingway's writing style and his tragic life due to preparing... I think Homeboy... 
homeboy left the world on his own choice. Oh. But. Yes. And it sounds like this book is, like, people who are going through a life crisis are, like, I'm going to read something that's going to be I... profound. And then they read it and yeah. they, like, make it profound themselves. I know. I respect that. Honestly, I wish mm-hmm. I could, like, find that in other books. But I just thought it was really boring. Probably because I was 15 when I read it. And I wanted to just go <laughs> yeah, swimming probably. and my mom said I couldn't, like, leave the house until I read all my AP English books. But, you know. I was, remember reading, like, Raisin in the Sun being like, oh, my gosh. Like, actually, Raisin in <laughs> the Sun is a great commentary on racial... Like, that taught me so much about, like, the actual... Anyways, long story short. It taught me a lot about... Yeah. But sometimes in the moment kid. when you're forced to read things, you don't want to read for school. They still yes. suck. Sorry, Miss Clemens. Even though, like, literally last week we were like, English books are so important for kids to read and we're just sitting there like, but it was <laughs> not <know>. fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay, so now that we've ruined any form of credibility and everyone's yep. sitting there like, well, now that you hate The Hobbit, okay. These idiots know nothing. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Now we're going to go talk about how much we hated young adult books. So here we go. Are yep. we ready? <laughs> Jumping on into that. Oh, I'm ready. Do you want me to start or did you have a book? You go, girl. Okay. I'm talking about the Air Awakened series by, who was it by? Uh, Elise Kova. And there's five books in this series and she released like all five of these books within like two years. So oh not that that says anything, but it kind of says a little bit of something. Just, Ooh. you know remember that um and the first book I really enjoyed so I'm okay quick summary of the first book is that um maybe I'll like read the little subplot for you do it please okay a library apprentice a sorcerer a sorcerer prince and an unbreakable magic bond the Solaris Empire is one conquest away from uniting the continent and the rare elemental magic sleeping in its 17 year old library apprentice Vala Jarl could shift the tides of the war. Vala has always been taught to fear the Tower of Sorcerers, a mysterious magic society, and has been happy in her quiet world of books. But after she unknowingly saves the life of one of the most powerful sorcerers of them all, the Crown Prince Aldrich, which I have thoughts about this too, thinking about it. Anyways, I'll finish and I'll go back. She finds herself enticed into his world. Now she must decide her future, embrace her sorcery, and leave the life she's known. Or eradicate her magic and remain as she has always been. And with powerful forces lurking in the shadows, Vala's indecision could cost her more than she ever imagined. Okay, so that's the premise of the first book. And somewhat spoilers ahead, because I have to talk about the third book. That's where I stopped reading. Um, The way that she saves the prince's life is so weird to me. He, like, she sees late at night that someone comes back to the castle and they're super injured. And they wake all the library princes up and they're like, search the library for any cure for some type of dark magic you can find and as she's like reading a book she falls asleep and has a dream about the prince who it's not even the prince that she ends up saving about how much she like has these hidden feelings for him and somehow her like power gets embedded into the book and she sends the book off for someone to read and when they open the book her like power comes out and like magically heals him somehow i don't really know that's like all i understood from it and it was very confusing in a book where you're like, I actually don't understand what's happening right now. That was, like, the entire <laughs> end of The Hunger Games. I know we talked about that last episode, but literally, I have no idea. Like, I totally get into books like that, where you're like, yeah, what? And you're like, wait, what? what wait, what? And you try to yeah. go back and read, and you're like, I still don't understand. Yeah. I just had to accept it and move on. Yes. Okay, so the first book happens, and she meets this, like, dark, brooding prince who's, like, all, way older than her, actually, which is kind of weird. But <laughs> he, like, pushes... Hard. <laughs> I am judging yeah, because I have such hard things. feelings about the third book. I need to put like I need to I need to calm down. I need to chill for a little bit. <laughs> Don't. I need I love this energy on you. I love it. In reality, okay, so, it's like a mother that like bakes like makes pasta and has plants that she talks to and like has a cute little son <laughs> and like dresses really cute. But like once you get her on books, she's got a fire. I have thoughts. Deep okay, go. deep brooding thoughts. <laughs> okay, so to sum up the first book really fast, she, like, meets with the prince of town. He pushes her off the roof and, like, almost murders her. But then you find out that she has this air power that no one has had for, like, 40 years. And then he's like, I'm going to train you now. And she's like, okay. And it's almost like Stockholm Syndrome where, like, he's so mean to her all the time and doesn't deserve, like, her love. But she's like, and from this point on, I will give you literally anything you want because I, I'm, I love you. And so then the second book is kind of, like, the journey more of, you know, a war is coming and she has to come into her powers and learn things and she needs to start being stronger and you think that it's going to start happening and then the freaking third book comes. Oh, no. 
and it's so annoying. So the third book basically turns into like smut for like no. the romantic relationships. Ugh. Yeah. So she has to separate from the prince, and you finally think then go on this journey undercover and you know be a foot soldier because people know she exists now and they're trying to kill her to stop you know the war from happening. And so she's undercover as a foot soldier, and you're like, yes, she's going to get down and dirty. We're going to hear about war, and we're going to, like, see some good character growth. Nope. She just marches for, like, three weeks and then starts sleeping in this guy's bed for, like, comfort because they're from the same region when they were younger. And I'm like, wait, what? so is this a new love interest? But she never thinks of him romantically. She's just like, it's just someone to keep my bed warm. And I'm like, girl. Yeah. Like, what are you doing? And then the prince shows up again, and she's like, oh, I love you. Let's definitely have, like, disgusting, dirty, like, sex in your room for hours upon hours. And I'm like, what is happening? Isn't there a war going on? Like, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> and I literally I had to stop reading because I just couldn't take it anymore. It literally, <laughs> so it literally turned into fan fiction of, like, these no. two characters. Yeah. I feel like that's super weird when, like, I don't know, maybe it's because I'm married or something, but I literally am like, but, like, other people are around you. Like, there's other things going on. Like, right? Time place. Even, like, her, the younger prince walks in because the prince has a brother, and he's like, I can smell it in the air. What are you doing? Ew! And I'm like, ooh, I don't need that detail. No. Ew. What? <laughs> what? Also, who is yeah. this stamina? Like, for hours. Like, I hours. know. And so then... This is the freaking straw that broke the camel's back is because everyone knows that she's just been in his room, but she's like, I'm proud of it. I'm going to flaunt it. She like goes into this war chamber because I guess now she's involved with planning what? their strategies and stuff. She's just marching. Right? I have, it's like so fast how it happens. And one of the generals is like, well, war is war, I guess. Oh, wait, I have a review here actually that I like really want to read because I think it's so Do funny. It. Give them credit because we're going to read it. Mm -hmm. I have to find the right part because I just like scrolled up so I could find the name. Oh, it's so funny. Okay. It may sound cruel, but if you read this book, you know what a pathetic guy Aldrich became. No sane words from him, which Aldrich is the prince, who's the love interest. It probably sugarcoated that the extent where poor Aldrich can't utter anything except my lady, my love. Seriously, if I was given one dollar every time Aldrich uttered these words, I'd be a millionaire by now. <laughs> And then she does, like, a ton of quotes. It was like, my Vala, he whispered, gripping her. My lady, my love. My Vala, my lady, my love, he sighed. My lady, he whispered, in awe. My lady. And she's like, did he just forget to add my love? That's unacceptable. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to say, if you are leaving these kinds of, like, drippingly amazing, <laughs> like, reviews, we love you. We love you so much. Also, you've oh, saved yes, us hours do. and money from mm -hmm. not these books. Yeah, thank you. For real, though. And then another review talks about how... Like, they mentioned it was supposed to be war, and some guy was like, I guess we'll just go in and save some people. We don't care, you know, and if some people get killed, it's whatever. And she's like, no, no. like, is this a game? Can you actually write, like, a realistic war? Yeah. People are dying? Yeah. And so then I was like, done. I can't do it anymore. Of, it freaking reminds me of Mare and Cal in, like, one of the Red Queen books when they, like, uh, she has her first time in a freaking bush. I'm sitting there like, that's romantic. Like, what? It's like, they're, like, on a run, and suddenly they, like, have sex in a bush. And I'm just sitting there, like, um, first what? off. What? What? And then she's, like, I've never done this before, but this works. And I'm just sitting there, like. I know! It started happening, and I had to stop and be, like, wait, wait. I was, like, Mare, no, no, no. Girl, you're not about to do this in a bush. You're not about to do this in a bush, are you? And then right after, she's, like. I know! And so right after, she's, like, well, I guess I better go get some plan B, some, like, birth control. And I was, like, girl, no, like. What's the gif of the guy at the, like, Oscars? And he's like, no, like, cut it out. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I honestly am so confused about that. Like, also, it was just weird. It was so weird. And also, I think that's why I had a hard time with Cal and Mare, because their relationship, they started relying on the physical to, like, they didn't talk. They were just like, yeah. you know what I mean? That was, like, really hard for me, because I feel like that just... Well, especially if they... I wanted them like to be together books in the in end. now. And they have all this character growth together. They should love yeah. each other more and then just, like, let's do it in this bush. What? Yeah. And then they, like, I honestly, I can't, ugh, I have a hard time with this trope. And and the embarrassing fact that we didn't finish the last book in that series. Oh, I Don't have come a lot for of us. things to say about that. 
<laughs> I have a lot of things to say about that. Should we just move on to that part really fast? Oh, let's do it. Yeah. Okay. Let's just talk about it. Where's my red queen book? Broken Throne. Here's the deal. I know this author has so much potential. This is why we talk about it so much. I did not yeah. have to review. Here, you quickly talk about it. Okay. So, sorry, I'm like pulling up on my Goodreads too. It's okay. We're just going to mark this whole time off. Perfect. Basically, what ends up happening is that after all this buildup and all these like plot twists and this like, okay, honestly, can I say too, I remember reading a review one time when they were like doing the battle and she, you know, she's been training with the other groups of people who have like Which the lightning Which was so power. fun to read. That's the thing is why I love this book is because there was yeah. like, a lot of incredible parts. Yeah. I remember like during, like literally in the middle of the battle, she has like normal hair and then she leaves and comes back with purple in her hair, which I think is the color of her lightning. Yeah. And one of the reviews is like, you can't just throw in that random detail. Like, she did she just go off and dye her hair in the middle of this battle? <laughs> yeah. Casual. No biggie. I, oh, gosh. Yeah. Okay. So, I stopped reading after... I was in the middle of Broken Throne. So, like, after Warstorm... So, I finished Warstorm and was kind of like, okay, that's a weird ending. That's fine. Mm-hmm. And then once we get to Broken Throne, it's like... I feel like Victoria, like, tried to, like, give us some more. But it was so weird. There's just, like, a lot of, like... Stuff that I was yeah. just very confused of. I was really confused with it, too. And honestly, after... It's, like, taking me... Sorry, I have to, like, get back to these character names and stuff. Yeah. There's one girl who is, like, so weirdly sexual. And I was like, that's too weird for me. What's her name? Hello. Oh, uh, oh. Evangel- Evangeline? Ev- uh, the girl Maybe? that was supposed to be marrying to Cal that's gay? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yes, love her. Be gay. Cool. We're not. Yeah, that's fine. Like, but it's just how it's just how descriptive she was with like her sexual tension she had, and I was like, "This is too weird for me. I'm not here for it." And then, yeah. freaking Maven. I know. I just wanted Maven to have a redemption arc, and I knew that he wasn't going to get oh, one. Oh, you didn't even make it. Oh, you didn't even finish Warstorm. No. So you didn't even read the fifth book. Nope. Oh my gosh. <laughs> What? Oh, wow. Okay, so the reason why we, we stuck with these books is because I love War... I love, I love like, the way that she gets powers. I think the story is really good. Mm-hmm. It's just that she... She just... I think... I just was really angry <laughs> with the fact that, like, these characters didn't go the direction that I wanted to go, and I think it was just out of spite. Like, I was like, no, this is a personal vendetta against me. Yep. Yep. Okay. We'll come back to that once. I want you to, like, let me share mine because this book is. Yes. It's such an inconsequential book. We've been picking, like, non, like, super well known books. And I just want to talk about this book called Alex Approximately. I bought it at Target for $15. It's, like, a fun read for myself. After <sighs> that even, a that long hits day. even worse. Hits I even know. worse. I never buy books. This is, like, one of my principles. And then I was like, I'm really sad. Instead of eating ice cream, I'll get myself a book. I read this book, Hmm. and I was just, like, so upset about it. I didn't even give it to Goodwill because I didn't even want anyone to ever read this book again. That's, like, my biggest issue. I don't even – I think I may have finished it, but it was only because I paid $15. It's, like, when you go to a movie theater. Yeah. Oh, Mm -hmm. my gosh. If I walk out of a movie at a movie theater, that that is, like – I would – like, I paid so much money for a movie. So, like, I'm like, oh, no. Okay, I read someone's – I read someone's review of this, and it was beautiful. Okay. So, basically, let me just read the back of the book. Classic movie buff Bailey Mink Rydell has spent months crushing on a witty film geek she only knows online by Alex. Two coasts separate the queens until Bailey moves in with her dad, who lives in the same California surfing town as her online crush. Faced with doubts, what if he's a creep in real life? Or worse, Bailey doesn't tell Alex she's moved to this hometown. Or that she's landed a job at the local tourist trap museum. Or that she's being heckled daily by the irritatingly hot museum security guard, Porter Roth, a.k.a. her new arch nemesis slash sexy mm-hmm. bad boy. But her life is a lot more messier, or real life is a lot messier than movies, especially when Bailey discovers that tricky fine line between hate, love, and whatever it is that she's starting to feel for Porter. And as the summer months go by, Bailey must choose whether to cling to a dreamy online fantasy in Alex or take on a risk in the perfect, imperfect reality of Porter. So basically, this is like a modern-day version of You've Got Mail. Mm-hmm. And... It's the smut. I feel like I just, it's not that like, mm-hmm. the thing is, is like, I don't mind a good scene. I don't mind it. I don't mind yeah. tasty, classy tension. But like, 
smut for the sake of smut or smut with a person that just does not give the respect back. It just is very Mm -hmm. confusing to me. Okay, so this is like my favorite thing. This is by Emma. Emma, I wish I knew your full name. She wrote it on June 23rd, 2017. Oh, wait, she has a... She has a WordPress. Emma reads too much dot wordpress.com. Follow her, Noise. everybody. She's great. Okay. The, the audacity, like the thing she put in was amazing. She goes, I plan on DNFing this book after 20 pages. Just so everyone knows, I never, ever do that ever. But I instantly knew this book was going to be all wrong. And then she goes, I had a bunch of, she said, I saw a bunch of really good reviews and there are a ton of reviews. People really love this book. But she goes, this is why, <laughs> this is why this. This is why this book is garbage. Using the Carvel <laughs> review structure, I only whip out when books <laughs> a whole lot of crap going on. <gasps> Maybe she didn't like Carvel. Anna, beat her. Ooh. Okay, so basically, she like, she goes, Bailey meets this kid Porter, Porter, who she hates, for all 20 pages before the whole thing dissolves into sexual tension and smut. Never to return. But guess who Alex is? Just kidding. You don't have to guess. It's the effing synopsis. It's Porter. Now we have to wait for the dumbest <laughs> protagonist in world history to figure out what has been increasingly apparent since like page five grueling that's the tension the tension is the (laughs) and then my favorite thing is she goes going to try one of my world famous character impressions on for size emma i love you already here's bailey how wow am i ever gonna find alex all i know about him is that he loves old movies has best friend problems and works in his family's business on the boardwalk within view of the ocean by a stray cat in a churro cart and doesn't know if he can go to college because his family needs him it surely can't be Porter, who was in the old movie section of a DVD, who I found, <laughs> who I met in the old movie section of the DVD store, who knows Roman Holiday and old sci-fi movies and has best friend problems and works in his family's business on the boardwalk with a view of the ocean by a stray cat in a tarot cart. Semi-spoiler, Bailey never figures it out. Her freaking dad does. And so does Porter. Porter <laughs> has to tell Bailey that it's him. My gosh. The sheer idiocy is, idiocy is overwhelming. And to think her dad told her she's a good detective. Um, also, Obviously I'm not. So, I think that the South is getting to me and I have really tried not to switch into a southern accent in the middle of this reading like it's coming strong (laughs) i will do nothing but support that so it's happening by the end of this podcast i'm just gonna be like southern and i'm so sorry every single person i talk to has a southern accent here okay (laughs) this is my favorite part i'm fast forwarding (laughs) through her please read all of it it's great it's i just i love this person so much cringe central party (laughs) of me this section is unfortunately explicit rated t for teen smut now let's talk about that full-on cringe fest, baby. This book substitutes a plot with gooey looks and smut, and I guess what would be considered the stepping stone between flirting and sexting. It's always just a couple of hot and bothered teens, and it made me so uncomfortable. This is where I'm like, yes, this is where I like want to throw the book out across the room. I don't like smut that much in the first place, but when it's a first-person 17-year-old girl talking about her daydreams, fantasies, and mas- double M masturbation habits that I can only describe as <laughs> her passion for insert explicitive thing here, it kind of makes me want to die to him. And gosh, a light breeze could turn this girl on. There are some examples of things that spur Bailey into <laughs> fantasizing in public. Public! Like, she literally will go on to these, like, rants. Ready? Hand-holding. Oh, my god. The gosh. cringeworthy by itself phrase, Porter Likey. <laughs> Extensive injuries from a fight. Porter informing her that she should wear sandals more often because he likes her feet. Gag me with a spoon. Ew, that's gross! <laughs> Generally being glanced at, touched by, by or close to Porter. There's, like, so many things in this book that I was just sitting there. So, anyways, approximately Alex. I do not love it. Purely for the, purely for the fact that it just makes you feel so uncomfortable. It just was not a good book. And I spent $15 yeah. on this book. That's sad. That's even worse. Especially because, like, how old is the main character supposed to be? 17? 16? 17. 17? 17. And, I'm like, we all were 17. We don't want to recount our, like, weird, awkward thoughts when we were 17. Oh. Right? Did you ever have an online, like, relationship? Like, where you oh would, like, gosh. talk to someone like that? It, like, almost happened when I was, like, 15. It, like, 20. I almost did have an online relationship, and my mom was, like, shutting that down right now. Shutting this down. It ain't happening, so. <laughs> Tell me everything. Tell me everything, Anna. <laughs> Uh, it was just this guy that, like, you, was it Omegle? I think it, like, you just go on and you, like, could randomly get matched up with people. Oh, yeah. Oh, on Omegle on video chat. Yeah, that site was, that was so sketchy. But I was with my sister one night and we were just, like, clicking through it, just, like, I don't know, being dumb kids. Yeah. And we came across this one guy and I was like, hmm, he's kind of hot. Like, I'll sit and talk with you for a little bit. And then we ended up switching, like, Ooh, this is going to make me sound old. Like, AM usernames, so we could instant message each other's. IMs, AMs, or whatever. 
And so we were talking to each other for a little bit. And then I think Maria just was talking to my mom about it one time. My mom was like, nope, nope, no strangers on the internet. No, thank you. We're good. Goodbye. I've listened to way too many crime junkies to ever let my child have that kind of access. So yeah, I'm like, it makes sense. I'm like, thank you, mom, for doing that. Thank you for having my back. (laughs) Did I like tell you this story on the podcast or in real life about um, my friend Taylor who got catfished by a woman? (gasps) No, not on the podcast. I don't even think you've told me in real life. Did you tell me this in real life? Maybe you have. I did. I'm pretty sure. It's starting to sound familiar, actually. So, sorry, Taylor. I know you listen to this podcast. I'm I'm really sad I'm telling the story for you because I love you so much. But it literally, to this day, I just chuckle at it. So, like, oh my gosh, yes, guy on Twitter because they like she was posting a bunch of church stuff and then like he was like commenting on stuff and then it broke into this really amazing conversation of like them talking about things and they exchanged phone numbers and they would message each other and each other on Facebook and they had like a really long like writing talking relationship for a while she never like was romantically interested in him but she like was just she would talk to this person and um anyways he was like he would write her on her mission and like all this other stuff and then she comes back from her mission and like was like hey i wonder how that guy's doing she looks up his name and finds out that he's been on dr phil with 16 women and it's not a he it's a her and like she had been catfishing women Building these relationships and like had basically, I think, almost been engaged to one or whatever. Just like, oh my gosh, like, for what? What's the purpose too? Like, it's not like you can eventually. I don't know. Like, I think have a that was solely like, online relationship. Maybe like we're struggling with themselves. I don't know. It makes me so sad for that woman, but I'm also like, dude, you just catfished a lot of people. Like, that's super crazy. So, anyways. Yeah. I love that story though. She told me that, and I, I think I butchered it because it was honestly the funniest story I'd ever heard. It's okay. One day we'll have her on and she can tell the story herself. Are we going to talk about Blood and Honey? Yes, we definitely are going to talk about that. Because it's really sad. So, Blood and Honey is the second book in the Dove and Serpent series that I, like, have previously talked about really liking and enjoying. But, y'all, I cannot get into the second book. Me and Celine both. We just can't get through Mm -hmm. it. Right. I don't know why. Well, okay. I wasn't totally in love with serpent and dove which is so sad mm-hmm. because you gave me black i think it's because you gave me the amazing recommendation of black witch yeah and so i was like i will follow you into any dark twisted path you lead me down but serpent and dove <laughs> I like, led you astray I, yeah oh girl it's fine I, i've led you astray <laughs> it's fine um serpent and dove there were like some really good parts that i loved but i also felt like i just struggled with i couldn't suspend my disbelief as much as i wanted to with mm-hmm. just like how easily they fell into love with each other um, just like, I just felt like the characters could have been fleshed out. There were even like some, a little bit of grammatical errors. And I was just like, I just felt like this could there have been were. edited a little bit more or like another, like one more draft could have just really like, Oh, like I want to see the characters even more fleshed out and stuff like that. Yeah. It just wasn't there. And so, um, I'd already bought that book and then I bought blood and honey too. And I was maybe like, I think I made it to like 45 pages in and I like, I just stopped. I stopped. I but stopped reason- probably like 30 pages after you. Yeah, I just, I don't know why. Why did I struggle with it? I don't know. I know that people that have read it do not love the ending. And I just feel like Lou's really spoiled and she's kind of bratty, which is fine. She is. And I, I was just, mind. go ahead. Well, she started off bratty and I kept expecting her character growth to like kick in yeah. and she would accept the role that she she's was in and grow. Yeah, she does. But like, like I, cause there are aspects I love from the first book, like where she took, um, I need to stop saying, like, sorry. <laughs> Where okay. the witch got found and she was burning and she felt so horribly guilty that she mm-hmm. took that upon herself yeah, and felt the burning so the girl qualities. wouldn't feel. Yeah. I'm like, that was a really redeemable quality, but I, that was the only redeemable quality. Yeah. If you think I, about it. Oh, 100%. I just, I feel like she, there's just, a, I don't know. I, I don't know if this is her first series or not, but sometimes that happens when you're like, writing mm-hmm. a series and things like that like if there's you just have to grow but I just oh I wish this book has so much potential in it I also feel like I'm kind of I read it right after Black Witch so I was a little burned out on like witches because they're the thing that I struggled with is how mm-hmm. in order to use the magic they have to like give up something and that was just exhausting honestly it's like, a new as a concept reader, for sure yeah it like stressed me out which like is I think if I hadn't just read Black Witch where like the power comes from inside and like 
Lori had basically created so much incredible like rules and magic and that and then we go into this other world where their magic is like so different and kind of like and it feels so like dark and evil yeah 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 and like I don't know and also one thing that I really struggled with the serpent and dove is that we just didn't get to see any of these worlds like there's talks of these like witches Mm -hmm. world and like the castles and stuff like that. And I just, I didn't get to see any of it. Instead, I got to have like a really creepy thing where she, like she only stayed in the bedroom half asleep the whole time. And I'm like, man, I really would have loved to see like how this world works and like what, how other people are using. Like why can the mother, what I, she explained a little bit about how like the witches had to give up things in order to have like specific powers or like things happen. But I'm also like, I also couldn't handle that what Reed did at the end. It it was really It was crazy. so threw me for a freaking loop. I'm not over it. And I think that's And then they have to move me. on and he's not over it as a character either. No, and even in the money. second book, they're supposed to be traveling to this other coven of like the these blood witches mm-hmm. and you're like, "Okay, well this will be fun to learn the dynamic of." And I could be wrong cuz I haven't quite gotten there, but something happens and they like Lou and Reed get separated from everyone and they don't end up going to the Blood Witch. So they're like go on their own journey me? somewhere. Yeah. Uh I do like the fact that they're married and that they support each other. Like I like tropes like that where mm-hmm. like they are actually supporting each other. Where they literally... they can do stuff in traditional ways and still make it good. Because it's really popular yeah. now to not do that. <laughs> yeah. I didn't say that very nicely, but No, you're fine. You get what I mean. I'm like, give me a relationship where they're faithful to each other. Mm. Sexy. I'm here for that. Nothing says <laughs> sexy like commitment. Mm. Give it to me. And not okay. cheating. Ooh, cheating. Nope, none of that. None of that here. We're not okay. here for that. Books that I have not finished is Stalking Jack the Ripper. Have you heard of that book? Yeah, I have. And we were talking about it a little bit ago. It's pretty gory. It is incredibly gory. I think I read you the first page, right? Yeah, and she's, like, already, like, dissecting a body, and you're like, whoa, wait a second. Yes. I think it was, like, super – I think that was the first thing is, like, honestly, like, I think that you and I both need a chance to, like, step into the world of – we've been reading some pretty dark stuff lately, like, dark fantasy. Yeah. And I think we yeah, had to, like, switch genres for a little bit because, honestly, like, I got to stalking Jack the Ripper and I was like, I've gone too far. Like, <laughs> when, when every single cover of every single book I read is, like, dark, like, black, I'm like, oh, God, I need to, like, fix <laughs> dark this. Dark greens and dark blues. Yeah. <laughs> with weird lighting and the character's half, like, lighted face from a yeah. corner and you're like, blood. okay. Like, I, I don't know. So <laughs> the book opens up, so basically stalking Jack the Ripper is – Basically, this girl in Victorian days, and mm, I love myself a little Victorian, Victorian romance, and I know there's mm-hmm. romance in here. And what I liked about Stalking Jack the Ripper is that like it was published under um, James Patterson. I actually haven't read a lot of his books, but he's like got a ton of them, so I assume he's a great writer. And so, um, one of the wait, James Patterson I mean, wrote these books. James Patterson has this company now where he like puts out, he publishes books, and so this was the first book he ever published. Oh, I'm like, I've read, like, multiple series from James Patterson, and I, like, he does the Maximum Ride series, mm-hmm. and the Fire, and Girl, or it's, like, something like that, but they're really good series. That's sad that's not those. I'm pretty good. Yeah, so, basically, this is the back of the book. It says, 17-year-old Audrey Rose Wadsworth was born a lord's daughter with a life of wealth and privilege stretched out before her, but between the social tees and silk dress fittings, she leads a forbidden secret life. Against her stern father's wishes and society's expectations, Audrey often slips away to her uncle's laboratory to study the gruesome practice of forensic medicine. When her work on a string of savagely killed corpses drags Audrey into the investigation of a serial murderer, her search for answers brings her close to her own sheltered world. The story's shocking twists and turns, augmented with real sinister period photos, which are in the book, will make this dazzling. Whoa impossible to forget. the thing is like she just describes like how the smells like when she cuts into a body like because she's trying to like Ooh. dissect this body to figure out what's going on but she's like the smell is like a sickeningly sweet smell and like she talks about like post-mortem and it's very descriptive and it's like the stuff where i'm like i don't it felt gross to me like yeah I just, everything I else i could do with this like scent describing would turn no. me off no i couldn't do it I think you mentioned that earlier. Yeah, so I just could not handle stalking to protect the river. But um, basically, this is like an example of why it's... So instead of writing a character who's more focused on her work, dreams, or, or achievements outside of the window or whatever, 
Um, she writes, I was thankful I wasn't the kind of girl to lose my mind over a handsome face. Pity that all the internalized sexism was for not anyway, considering our lovely protagonist spends the entire book losing her mind over that exact handsome face. Like, literally, like, what I thought was super funny is, like, we're introduced to the immediate love interest, and she's like, his face was handsome. Handsome face. Handsome, handsome. Like, every time that, like, she sees him, <laughs> it's, like, always about how attractive handsome. his face is. Like, it's, and not, like, like mm, and, that face of his. Handsome. It's handsome. Yeah, that's literally it. It was so funny. Um, but yeah, the main character is absolutely, I cannot handle it. Um. Is she, like, a strong character? Like, if she were, if you were to pull her outside no. of the book, could she, like, exist? Does that make sense? Oof, no. that's sad. So, basically, she would be like, I'm powerful and fearless. Everyone underestimates me. I'm not like other girls who cannot even use a knife at a tea party. Oh, what's that? A mildly scary or gruesome thing? And then she would faint. Because she's also <laughs> a lady. Oh. And a lady would faint, obviously. Yeah, there's also It's very, no... like, the tropey of, like, the teenage, like, I'm not like other girls. I use pink lipstick instead of purple lipstick. Yeah, exactly. One thing, too, that was, like, really hard for me is that when she introduced the love interest, he was, like, kneel... He was, like, kneel... like leaning over a dead body, like, really interested oh. in it. And all of their conversations so far have been about, like, the method of murder. Like, that oh. this woman was savagely killed. That's it. That's how they've been flirting. And I just was like, I can't. So I just, like, she just out. sees him like, over this dead body, and she's like, dead body? Whoa, but that face. That yeah. face. Mm, <laughs> like, the Victorian dim-lit, like, alleyway that they're, like, hanging out in. And they're just like, I believe that she was murdered this way. And I'm just sitting there like, this person wrote, how is the romance so terrible? I don't have much to say beyond that category title, really. How is this so bad? There's no chemistry. There's no slow burn or rooting for the characters or any real hate to love outside of some surface-level attempts at cashing on America's favorite trope, murder. The characters spend the whole time being inseparately insufferable and at occasional moments coming together to combine their inseparableness. Because he's not, like, I don't love him. He's, like, kind of dumb. He's like, he's, like, kind of posh. He's like, yeah. oh, you're clearly wrong. She was murdered this way. And I'm just sitting there like, Okay, if I was in a room with you two, I would be, like, very uncomfortable. Because that's what you are as a reader, right? Like, you're just, like, sitting in a room yeah. watching these people, like, engage with each other, right? Like, that's how you imagine yourself, right? Like, I'm just yeah. sitting there, like, in a Victorian dress. Like, like you're watching Just, like, looking from one to the other, and you're like, this feels, something feels off. This doesn't feel how it usually does. <laughs> yes, this does. Yeah, usually I'm, like, chilling with Elizabeth Bennett on tea, and I'm like, oh, girl, I can understand why you feel that way yep. about Darcy. Ooh. And now I'm just sitting there like, I'm going to go wash my hands and plug my nose and leave. Thanks. When I come back, will you be done with all of this? Thanks. <laughs> yeah. Anyways. So, yeah. Also, Thomas is the worst. There you go. <laughs> and it was historically inaccurate. Oof. So, yeah. That gets a lot of people. Uh, well, just like the last book I have to talk about is Lady Midnight, which it's part of the Shadowhunter world, I think. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. part... Yeah, so, like, the, oh, um, you're throwing in Lady Midnight. Ooh. I know, it's really popular. I was even looking for reviews, like, because we really like to read bad reviews, and I was like, I couldn't really find any, and I was like, maybe, was I just at a weird time in my life when I read this book? <laughs> Am I, like, one of the only ones who didn't love it? Ooh. <laughs> but I found a review, so I was not the only one. <laughs> ha! Ha! Okay, so, basically, I'll, like, start with my gripe a little bit about this book, and I'll, I mean, I... First, actually, let me read the little, like, back excerpt. I don't know if I'll read all of it because it's super long. Um, so, the Shadowhunters of Los Angeles star in the first novel in Cassandra Clare's newest series, The Dark Artifice... Artifices? Artifice? Is that how you say that word? I have a weird time with this word. Anyways, doesn't matter. A sequel to internationally best-selling Mortal Instruments series, Lady Midnight is a Shadowhunters novel. It's been five years since the events of City of Heavenly Fire... That brought the Shadowhunters to the brink of oblivion. Emma Carstairs is no longer a child in mourning, but a young woman bent on discovering what killed her parents and avenging her losses. Together with her pair bataille, Julian Blackthorne, Emma must learn to trust her head and her heart as she investigates a demonic plot that stretches across Los Angeles. From the sunset strip to the enchanted sea that pounds the beaches of Santa Monica, if only her heart didn't lead her in treacherous directions. Making things even more complicated, Julian's brother, Mark, who was captured by the fairies five years ago, has been returned as a bargaining chip. The fairies are desperate to find out who is murdering their kind, and they need the Shadowhunters' help to do it. But time works differently in fairy, so Mark has barely aged and doesn't recognize his family. Can he ever truly return to them? Will the fairies really allow it? Glitz, glamours, and Shadowhunters abound in this heart-rendering opening to Cassandra Clare's Dark Artifices series. So, 
the premise sounds pretty good. And what I thought was going to be happening, and this is maybe why I didn't, like, love the book so much, is I thought that, um, I can't even remember the main character's name, and I just freaking read it. <laughs> <laughs> I read so many books that, but at this point, I'm like, I, yeah. the one that starts with an A. Emma. It's Emma Carter. I want to say C, but it was Carter, so it's Emma. Sorry. So Emma and Julian are pair tie, and so instantly in my head I'm like, Nyx, they obviously are not going to be love interests because you learn from the first book that if you love your pair tie, like, this weird dark power grows and can, like, destroy the whole world or something, which I'm like, that okay. seems reckless. There's really no other pair ties in the world who have fallen in love with each other. Anyways, and a pair tie is, like, just each other's very close partner. Like, they can, they just understand each other really well. Like so, yes. So, have but Julian's, I've, like, wanted, to, it's on my list of books to read. Oh, okay. Cannot wait. I bought them all, so. Ooh. Okay, we're definitely going to talk about it when I read it then. Okay, anyways. But, so Mark comes back, and he is the same age as Emma now, and so I'm like, love interest, I found him, this is the guy. Um, And it kind of starts happening but then you've quickly realized that Emma and Julian are going to be love interests. And it's like, I don't know, it kind of just didn't like sit totally right with me. How many books? Because, is there? what? How many books? I think are there's there? three books in this series, and they're all out. So I think it gets better. Obviously, something happens. Look it up and tell me if I'm right. But I'll just keep explaining. Okay. So, but after the City of Bones books, I just. It was such a slow burn romance between Clary and Jace. I mean, slow burn, not even supposed to exist at times because, you know, the whole brother-sister thing. But they weren't brother and sister, so it's fine. They weren't <laughs> brothers and sisters, so it's okay to be madly in love with each other and maybe be sexual. Cool. <laughs> Make that a TikTok. <laughs> I'm dead. Okay. <laughs> literally and like the first chapter emma is like julian's hot like i think i actually love this boy and i was like wait what like why did you even become pair tie then because it felt like it started out that she had always liked him it was kind of yeah. weird and then something happens and you think that julian is being like cold towards her and he like literally only ever has the intention of being her friend that's all you ever see from his end and then she gets trapped and then he rescues her and they end up on the beach and then they just like boom have sex and you're like wait 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 with Julia? What? Yeah. Oh they God. just do it on the beach one night. They get up in the morning, and she's like, this never happened. Let's never speak of it again. And he's like, agreed. And then, then it's like, what? Why? And there's this weird romance with Mark where, like, it's almost like a love square. And I read reviews of the second book where, like, especially this, like, love square gets so weird between... Mar like Mark and Emma, but then Emma has Julian, but then Mark is like in love with this other fairy that he was trapped in fairy with, and it is so complicated. And I think you know what? I think I was at a weird point in my life, and I had maybe just needed a break from like the love triangle trope because I remember getting to that part and being like, "No thanks, no thanks." Yeah, I'm not here for this right now because I think I need to give it another chance. Like it does have really good reviews. Okay. So, I'll read this, like, first little excerpt from this review that I found, which I totally yes. feel. It says, I don't know if I was misguided or maybe it was just me, but I thought that, at least in this first book, Julian's feelings were going to be unrequired. Unrequited. She said that she spelled that wrong. So, color me surprised when it is not Julian who I first have read having doubts about it, but Emma. In the first chapter... And from there, the romance went downhill for me. It's not the fact that Emma loved him, too. No. It's just that there was not... There was no mystery... Wow, this girl cannot spell. There was not seduction. <laughs> Cassandra Clare did not play with the possibilities when we were all expecting being heartbroken. It's impossible love for so many reasons. And I did not get it. I'm not even talking about Emma and Julian having sex at the first opportunity. Thank you. But rather the notion of them thinking it was not going to affect their pair of tie bond. It was how poorly it was handled. It was because of that level of ridiculousness. Shocked the crap out of me. That's why I could not finish. I was like, girl, I felt that. That's so funny. That. Oh. Dang, I need to read that series, though. <laughs> you do, and I think I need to give it another shot. Maybe I just was in a weird spot in my life. But, like, everything this girl's saying, I'm like, but I agree with you. Yeah, I'm going to read it, and I'll give you my opinion. Because yes, I kind of like the idea of the pair of a tie. Because they're, like, it's kind of like Lucas and um, Lauren, how yeah, they, like, well, have that bond. But they're, like, allowed exactly. to. Exactly. 
Yeah. Well, and I remember reading somewhere because I was like, this can't be like the book itself that's making me so upset. And it's like something about the pair tie bond, like, like because their connection goes so soul deep that like when they do fall in love and start, I don't know, having a relationship or doing stuff. I don't know if it's physically or emotionally or maybe it's both. But that, like, mm-hmm. it starts creating this, like, unstable magic. And so I'm like, yeah. well, then, I'm just thinking, like, her work around that. Because it's not like, but basically what happened so far is that they have admitted they love each other, you know, did something about it, and then they're like, nope, we're just going to ignore this and maybe it will go away. And I'm like, I don't know, it just, they were having that feeling about it for, like, a little too long that I was like. Yeah, you're like, if you're gonna, gonna be... if you're going to have this, like, you got to do it right. Like, you got to. Like... Yeah. Not that we don't love a little high school drama, but, like. It's like we're twenty five now, so yeah. I need a little bit mature, char- mature characters. Basically, if you're listening to this, we myself. need like really happy, positive books. Like, send us all the recommendations so that we yep. can just like we don't we don't want to be hurt again. This book, <laughs> these books hurt us. That's what this episode yes. is called. This like, book did hurt us. <laughs> we took everything <laughs> personally. Anyways, we like. I feel like that's like all we got for today. Unless there's anything else you have. No, that's all I have. I mean, I have more books I have on my did not finish time. list, but I mean, I don't think I anyone thousands. wants me to go into Throne of Glass. <laughs> no, everyone's like, Anna, Anna, <laughs> we talked about this, Anna, no. <laughs> I just have feelings, okay? And you know what? If you go on TikTok, there's so many TikToks of people being like, the most overdone book on TikTok, like BookTok, and they like hold up Throne of Glass and they're like, you mean this one? Yeah. I'm like, I love it. I really, I love it. But I'm gonna give them a shot. I haven't even read them. I haven't even read them because my, oh, no. my little pure ears. <laughs> I'm like, I can't, or my eyes. I'm like, I can't, I can't. I don't want the smut. <laughs> if it's smut, I like oh. to handle smut to like a point. So yeah, I can too. It's just After like that. in the Air Awakened series. It's when it becomes the whole book that you're like, I'm reading this not just for romance purposes. Sometimes I am. That's why I recommended the Royal Americans. Yeah, but that's, like, set up to be a romance novel. This is set up to be a fantasy series. And then I'm, like, out of nowhere, I'm, like, what is this smut? Oh, I love this. I love this conversation, and I love you. And I love you, (laughs) listeners. (laughs) I love you, citizens. (laughs) All 75 And I love you, you, random (laughs) citizen. (laughs) Okay, anyways, please, please, please. Hit the like button, subscribe, yeah. leave us a review, love on us, please. <laughs> Your reviews really help us out. I know that, like, because I'm one of the per- people who I'm, like, I hear, leave a review, it really helps us out, and I'm like, ew, not doing that. Do it for us, please. Make us the exception. <laughs> yes, yes. We want more people to hear our rants about books. We love you. Yes. Anyways, talk to y'all later. You're the best. This was great. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. You're listening to Novel Bound, a podcast dedicated to making you laugh and keeping you company. Each week, we're sharing all of our favorite books and the embarrassing side of life. 